0: out here. Captain! Report. Yep. Signature's detected!
1: Shields up!
0: <laughs> Signature's detected! Let look. Context Starfleet Command. What's happening? C- context Starfleet
1: Command. Delay that order. Context Starfleet Command. This is the captain! C- context Starfleet Command. Get out of my chair! 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 chair.
0: We have engaged
1: the Klingons.
2: Klingons.
0: Klingons. Welcome to The Greatest Discovery. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. With us today is, uh... <laughs> This is a real, like, you might have noticed the empty seat next to us on the feed. Mm-hmm. We're about to bring out our first guest. <laughs> you might know her from the credits. Yeah. The greatest discovery.
1: Acquaintance of the pod.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Best in the business is what we call her.
2: Aww. Yeah.
0: Wendy Pretty.
2: Thanks, guys. This is going to be fun.
0: Welcome to the show. Yeah. What is your late night show entrance music, you think?
1: Like, what does the Ooh. band play when you come out? Or what's your wrestling entrance music alternatively <laughs> when you're coming right. down the ramp?
2: I mean, it should be something roller skating related. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, is
0: that the, the roller skates and key song? Like,
2: I got a brand new pair. No, skates. my roller skates are not no. brand new though. So they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. they're well-worn roller skates that uh-huh. I'm rolling in on.
1: Yeah, the roller uh-huh. skates and key song doesn't evoke some of the uh, intensity, it doesn't of the roller derby yeah. world. That I mean, I'm. You can
0: never elbow someone in the face during that song.
1: <laughs> Only for comedy sake.
0: Uh, <laughs> Did Star Trek have entrance music when you would uh, take to the rink?
2: No. Well, I had an intro line for the announcers.
0: Wow. What was that?
2: There were two of them actually, but the last one I used was "Live Long and Roster." Because, you know, uh-huh. you have to like make the roster for the game. Yeah. So it's like live long yeah. and roster, Star Trek, Warp 9. And then the other one I used was um, phasers set to kill. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Bad ass.
1: Wendy, is that a Wesley acting ensign tote bag that I see hanging on yeah. the wall behind you? <laughs>
2: 100% it is. <laughs>
0: Why didn't we do your job interview from this location? I think you would have made it a lot easier on us to hire you
2: if yeah. we saw. All yeah, this we would stuff. have
1: canceled all the subsequent interviews we had scheduled.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm still really confused as to why you guys hired me at all. It's a <laughs> running question in my mind. I'm not.
1: Yeah. Well, so you're joining us today on the show because we have a bunch of burning questions coming in from the friends of Desoto. You're going to uh, you're going to set them up. Uh, on the tee and adam and i are going to take batting practice on them
2: sounds fun let's do it
1: (laughs) yeah let's get into it and i don't mean to make it sound like we're going to beat our fans with baseball bats also i I just want to make that clear
2: no fans will be harmed um spike (laughs) mccrager wrote us a five-star review and said have you fellas thought about doing any other podcasts about shows or movies that you might be slightly embarrassed about
1: Oh, man. Well, I think that uh, the the Santa Monica Mountains podcast would be an example of one that we actually put into production.
0: Right.
1: And, you know, we toy with the idea of starting to make that out from behind the paywall, making that a real podcast. Because I don't think that um, it has a 100% overlap with Star Trek fans. So I I feel like a lot of people are like, why are you doing this? Stop. Don't make me download it. (laughs)
0: Those were also our earliest reviews for Greatest Gen. That's true. We really came full circle with that project.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you feel this way, Adam, but um, as we have tossed the ideas back and forth of potentially uh, making another project outside of the Greatest Gen family of products, I hesitate a little bit to make it a review show just because I feel like that is territory that we are... Uh, so thoroughly ensconced in with Greatest Gen that I think it would be more fun for us to do something that was outside of that milieu.
0: Yeah, I agree. And yet, like, the question is specifically about shows or movies. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I have another one of those in me. I think you're right. I think whatever comes next is going to be different mm-hmm. and not review
1: True crime. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll investigate. Yeah, something
0: i don't think anyone's ever done a true crime show the way we could do it
1: yeah we don't know what we're talking about here <laughs> wait didn't we have some star trek related crime that we wanted to investigate at some point i'm trying to remember i don't
0: remember any of the shows we do
1: yeah it just <laughs> drain
0: yeah. out of my ears right after we hit stop
1: it's it's really remarkable and and right now we have so much runway especially over on the greatest generation our other hit star trek podcast that when we release an episode I like I'm trying to tweet about it the morning it comes out to be like hey a new episode came out and like that's as creative as I can get at this point cuz I do not remember anything about the episode in particular
0: <laughs> Can you two cyborg me for a second I need to share something personal and humiliating
1: <laughs> You got some pain to share Oh buddy <laughs> it must be exposed and reckoned with
0: This morning I'm I'm putting myself together and I'm putting on clothes, as you do. <laughs> and I'm like, I had taken out a pair of shorts. And I remember looking at these shorts and going like, I can't wear those shorts today. Those are, That's not gonna go with the shirt I wanna wear. And so I go on around about my business, and I'm like, I need to find another pair of shorts. I decide, no, the first pair of shorts is the one I wanna wear today, <laughs> but where did I put it? And I look in my short stack, uh-huh. they're not in there. What? And they're not in the hamper. And they're not in the bathroom and they're not on the bed and they're not on the Peloton where I <laughs> hang clothes often. They're not anywhere. And I'm getting upset because I just had them in my hand. Yeah. Do you have any guesses where they were? Were they uh, on your booty? They were on my birdie. <laughs> I had put them on. <laughs> I texted my wife this morning and I described that situation. And I was like, this is right around the corner for you. Yeah, like, yeah. Shit is falling apart mentally. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what three shows a week does? Yeah. Yeah, just about. Just stacking and racking. I can't think anymore.
1: I mean, less humiliating than my recent shorts mishap. <laughs> but humiliating nonetheless.
0: Sure. No horrors in these shorts. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> I think you might have answered it, Ben. Like, while, while we have dabbled in the show and movie lifestyle outside of Greatest Gen. Yeah. I would say to great success. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it in that genre.
1: Wendy, what, what do you think? Do you think that there's a uh, TV show or movie genre that needs the Ben and Adam treatment or that needs the Ben, Adam and Wendy treatment since you're on mm-hmm. the show
2: today? I think you guys should keep doing awesome movies in the bonus feed. That's my recommendation.
1: Yeah. yeah. We still haven't done Gremlins 2. I think about that once a week.
0: There's a movie-shaped hole in my podcast heart. That, <laughs> I mean, once a uh, movie crush went away, I kind of lost that opportunity. Like, yeah, guesting on other shows is how we've most frequently done that.
1: Yeah, it was nice that Chuck was able to get you in for so many of the uh, P.T. Anderson movies. Also, like, I
0: know. I mean, he just kept calling and texting.
1: I was the uh, I was putatively the Coen Brothers reviewer with him on that show, but it just, you know, I I never heard the phone ring once. That's weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Huh. Those calls were always screened because you were making a baby, I guess.
1: (laughs) No, I answered. I just said, hey man, I'm really busy right now. Which
0: is also (laughs) conversely why I answered every time.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, let's get on to the next question because I got to wrap this up. There's some uh, (laughs) strollers and crap I need to buy
2: right (laughs) the next one's an audio question
1: okay let's uh let's hear this audio question
0: dear
2: ben and adam this is bjork tribe from the discord channel here's my question you've met
0: a few crew members and done exceptional interviews but how much fan fervor do you have to control before actually meeting them and has it become easier over time thank you so much take care
1: wow thanks bjork tribe uh thanks for that great audio quality too wow
0: yeah nice work That's how we like the audio.
1: (laughs) I would never get nervous about talking to a cast member of a Star Trek program. Not a chance. I don't know why people think that. Crickets. Is that what the question was about?
2: Yeah.
0: I interpreted that completely wrong. How much fan fervor do you have to suppress?
2: Oh. Oh. Okay,
0: I get it now. I was thinking of it in the Sam, Adam, Brad, Context of like making friends with listeners of the show. Oh, context of the question. Did I?
2: Oh, man. I heard it a third way. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it like, how much do you have to like hold people off while you interview the person?
1: Oh, wow. So we have Hmm. three competing interpretations. I think we answer all three versions of the question. So when we have been lucky enough to interview people from the show it has typically either been uh via tape sync which means it's remote and they're in a in you know their office or whatever and we're just recording their end of the conversation and merging it in with ours or uh we're in a controlled location like a hotel room or you know somewhere where uh other people can't go i i don't really think it would An be alley. Po- yeah i don't think it would be possible to like get an interview with Frakes on the convention floor because like, yeah, no. everybody wants a piece of him on the convention floor. I
0: mean, you wouldn't,
1: <laughs> but I can understand. No, him. I would see him from a distance and respect his privacy and his autonomy as a person. Right. But other people might not. No. I was once um, in a bathroom stall at an airport uh standing next to a friend of the ship, acquaintance of the pod, John Hodgman, fellow Max Fun host, we were both having a pee. We'd, uh, we'd been on the same flight, but it was a coincidence. And a fan came up to him while he was urinating and tried to have a fan interaction with him. And he said, I will speak to you outside of the bathroom if you don't mind. And he was really nice about it, but it was also just like, wow, that is a, that is a kind of fame I never want.
0: How in your head do you get when we've had the opportunity to do interviews, like, is it an effortful thing to chill out the fan in order to do good work in those contexts? Or is it just, or just being super chill, just come naturally to you. (laughs) Um,
1: I think that I'll cite our recent Mary Wiseman interview as an example of this. Mary is such a generous soul and so cool and down to earth Uh, I'm a huge fan of hers obviously but the second you're on the zoom with her talking to her she's like a a very like approachable and normal person and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the work of putting me at ease was done by her just by being who she was you know
0: yeah the right interview subject can really solve for a lot of that
1: yeah how about you do you do you get up in your head
0: no not really I mean where that tends to be a disaster, I think, is when you don't have anything to say, like the person who wants to come up to a celebrity without anything in the chamber, just to have the interaction Yeah, is where I think people get into a lot of trouble. And I think we've been fortunate in our interviews to have things to say and have questions to ask. And no, I don't feel nervous for those times at all. I mean, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people over the years professionally, and so have you. And I think that aspect to my career has been like has burned out whatever nerves i might have (laughs) in sitting down with someone of any kind of esteem like i just really try to approach it as a person interviewing another person kind of thing how would i want to be interviewed by someone i don't want to be sitting with someone who's nervous or fidgety or whatever like i just want a chill hang and i'm as an interviewer i'm trying to provide the chill hang yeah and that's how you get great answers to questions, too.
1: Yeah, I think that if you're being genuine and it's not the Chris Farley show, yeah, and you're asking questions that make them think and you know provide fertile ground for them to give interesting answers, then it just turns into a conversation that you know is somewhat formal and somewhat strange in in its nature. It's not a you know a conversation with a random stranger on the bus, but it you know there's a kind of a physics to how these things flow once you get into a rhythm. Right, right.
2: Yeah, you guys have done a lot of cool interviews in the past, so if people haven't heard those, they should scroll back in the feed and and listen to them and maybe another interview coming up soon.
1: Fingers crossed. Hell yeah, plug the feed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you gotta check out that back catalog. There's good stuff back Uh there.
1: Go back in in the stacks.
2: In the stacks.
0: What was the second and third interpretation of this question? <laughs> so I've we've, already forgotten.
1: We've gone through two interpretations. I think the, the okay. last one was the, uh, like, when we... How do you get
0: to be friends with us <laughs> if you're a
1: viewer? Yeah, when we talk to our, our uh, you know, fans of our podcast. Uh-huh.
0: Well, we would need a job opening first. That's how you <laughs> really get in there. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, we f- famously haven't been doing the meet and greet after live shows on uh, our 2022 tour just to, you know, hopefully minimize the risk of us getting sick. I've heard a lot of uh, our colleagues. It does who... not
0: stop people from just walking backstage, though. That's
1: true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, colleagues in the in the podcast world that go on tours lamenting getting sick on tour. And I feel really lucky that neither of us did yeah. this year. You know, there's always the L.A. show. <laughs>
0: god i hope not (laughs) if we can just get through that yeah yeah
1: (laughs) when we have done meet and greets i feel like we do really get all kinds like people who come up to us with a bunch of stuff that they want to share or uh, a funny story that they want to tell us or a sad story that they want to tell us uh, on one end of the spectrum and people who come up to us and are tongue-tied for one reason on the other end of the spectrum but um yeah, I think that um, generally speaking, we've had really, really great. Inter- I mean, with the exception of that one guy that took great umbrage with something that Adam said at our first Chicago show, I'd say that all in all, our fan interactions have been really positive and cool.
0: I, I do love being reminded of that. Thanks, ben. <laughs> <laughs> do you think... Follow-up question for me. Hmm. Uh, yeah, my question's for, <laughs> for Ben. And also, Wendy, I think, because she's probably witnessed this a bunch. And less so, Adam. I I don't think he's got an answer to this. Do you think (laughs) fan interactions have made you uh, more comfortable just being out in the world and socializing generally? Get a
1: life. That and Lexapro.
0: Okay. (laughs) I kind of think so. There's nothing like... Hanging out after a show and talking to a hundred different people yeah. about a hundred different things.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I have some social anxiety. So that is kind of like exposure therapy for me. Like, wow. it's like rinse, repeat. Like, if it didn't go perfectly with the last person, there's 20 more people to try.
0: <laughs> it is a little fucked up, though. You're right. Like, in the same way that I will replay an awkward experience that I've had with someone, you know, just going about my business out in the world. Yeah. That line will come back to me later on that night or the next day like, oh, shit, did I did I fuck up what should have been a pleasant interaction with someone and like give them a bad memory? Yeah. I'm in my head about that.
1: We get messages that go the other way, though, like people that are like, hey, I'm super sorry I put my foot in my mouth with you after the show in Cleveland. And we're like, whatever you said, we don't remember it. You're all good. Right.
0: <laughs> Look. You and I will always remember Denver guy. Yeah, <laughs> no one's no one's gonna do worse than Denver guy. Denver
1: guy knows who he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was that like for you, Wendy, when you were uh, at the DC show? I think that was mm-hmm. that was the first time since you had been hired that we were all together, like on a job, and you get to see how things worked. What was that like for you? It was
2: really fun. Yeah, I got to work at the merch table that night and talk to a lot of people um, and hung out at the bar a little bit before the show and. Everybody's just really, I was surprised that everybody's so, like, grateful. Everybody's just really, really grateful for the show and and grateful for um, what we do, I guess.
1: Yeah, I usually think of the show as being a burden on our fans. and and (laughs) The gratitude thing always trips me out.
2: Yeah, I was honestly surprised. I thought people would be, you know, joking around and stuff, but people were very, very sincere and it was really sweet.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. Uh, Should we do another question?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ro Glaren asks, (laughs) I would be interested to hear how you came to be as concerned with the rights of others as you are. It seems rare.
1: Oh, well, I mean, Star Trek in in no small part, I would say. I feel like I grew up on seeing people take the rights of others seriously and, and fighting for them on TV. So I feel like those are good role models and I think my my folks are like that too, you know. I I wouldn't say that I I grew up in a strident activist style household like my parents are both, you know, normal people who, you know, live relatively quiet lives and and whatnot, but they like took me to protests when important things were getting protested and stuff and I think they have those values and tried to impart them to me. So yeah, I feel like I just kind of come by, um, by my upbringing mostly. How about you, Adam? I think my answer
0: is uh, being around you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I think my serious answer is I don't really know any other way to be besides like I know I come off on the show as, like, anhedonic and weird, (laughs) but, like, I really am a deeply feeling person, and I do carry a lot of empathy for other people inside me.
1: Don't let the anhedonic persona fool you, folks. I've seen this guy get into some hedonistic shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Piles and piles of bodies.
1: Yeah. And he cares about all their rights.
0: (laughs) I know. I think one aspect that has like changed over the years since working together though is like how how often i talk about it like i i feel like you walk ar- around in the world like with the values you have and and at least from my perspective i'm not often like getting into conversations about yeah the rights of others and how they need to be defended and so forth like but i mean when you are a professional talker the way we are that stuff comes up
1: I think that's a great point. Like, I think that one of the things that was a real trial by fire for us when we started the show is like learning how stuff hits when it's not just you and me saying it to each other. And so, like, I think that the show kind of made us better at considering things from other people's vantage points and, or uh, at Mm -hmm. least doing our best to consider them from other people's vantage points. And we talk about that stuff all the time behind the scenes when we're editing an episode, like did this wording make this sound a way I don't want it to sound or whatever. And, you know, we'll edit something or, or choose not to based on a conversation like that. So I think that like, if you're lucky enough to get to scream about Star Trek into a microphone as your job,
0: Uh, (laughs) At some point, you're going to talk about values and the rights of others.
1: Yeah. (laughs) When do you come from public radio? They do that like for that's like a professional obligation with the public radio world.
2: Yeah, I think um, your editorial policy is a lot more fun than public radios. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I mean, thinking about how something will hit for someone who's different from you is the like the mental exercise that you have to go through, right? Like. For me, this is not a big deal, but if someone heard it in a different life experience, how is it going to impact them? And so, like, that's some of the thought process I try to put behind things when we're choosing what goes in and what goes out. You know, just yeah. being aware of other people's perspective on various issues.
0: Did it surprise you just how much of Ben we need to cut out of every show <laughs> that would be? you know, hurtful <laughs> <laughs> to to different types of people.
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that your average like greatest discovery <laughs> record session is like two or three hours and yeah. just so much stuff gets pulled out.
0: Hey,
2: I am DB Burton
0: Ernie. Well the puppets die? You know what, like to put that question in a different way that is a little more serious, like you left a what I think is like a cool and legit job to come work for us, who are, and I'm gesturing at me and Ben, like us. (laughs) How did you, and I'm gonna cut out any uh, compliment that you include in your answer. (laughs) How did you know we weren't monsters? How does anyone know that that they aren't in in an environment like this?
1: <laughs> Wendy's trying to figure out how to answer without saying, "Well, you are monsters." <laughs> TBD
2: on that. I'm not sure yet. I'll let you know when I figure it out. Um, no, I remember asking you guys like, what your measurement of success was. Like, what are you after in it? You know, is it stats? Is it this or that? And you guys were just like, "No, we we just want to have fun. We want to have fun hangs every week and talk about Star Trek and make each other laugh." You know. And so I kind of that was my biggest indication last fall of like, okay. These guys are what's on the what's on the package.
1: <laughs> We're not soul sellers. <laughs> we might be more successful if we had a more strategic goal than that, but that really is the goal.
2: You're, yeah. yeah, you're doing fine.
1: <laughs> Let's drink about it had a more like carefully articulated editorial policy <laughs> than the greatest generation does.
2: <laughs>
0: the drinking policy is the same though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Highly encouraged. <laughs> Should we do another question? Yeah.
2: Yeah, this one's gonna have you put some captains in order. So it's from 80s Hard Rockin'. (laughs) And they want you to rate all of the Star Trek main show captains in Shimoda order.
1: Okay. Oh, in the most Shimoda. Yeah,
2: I guess most to least Shimoda, least to most.
1: I think we probably wanna go least to most, right? So who is the most serious
0: rock solid, not a mess? (laughs) Yeah. Not space drunk.
1: Cause like, I feel like Michael Burnham is kind of an interesting test case for the ethos of how we answer this because she's so fucking serious,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but also a bit of a mess.
0: I think, God, it doesn't get more serious than Picard, right? Yeah. I think he's the
1: anti-Shimoda to me. He's kind of the anti-Shimoda.
0: Yeah. Like loosen up, Picard. <laughs> Jeez. Roll around in the mud a little bit.
1: I feel like Jonathan Archer and Benjamin Sisko are down there with him in the low Shimoda end of the graph.
0: Some low S on those guys. Low
1: Shimoda quotient.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't know about Archer, but I think that checks out with Sisko, except Sisko enjoyed a drink from time to time. He did.
2: He yelled a lot too.
1: Yeah. Like
0: a lot. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay, so let's put Sisko above Archer. More Shimoda quotient than Archer is Janeway above Archer and above Cisco? I feel like Janeway like actually knows how to cut loose unlike some of the lower Shimoda quotient captains we've mentioned so far.
0: Okay. so slot her below Cisco and Archer.
1: Oh I'm saying ab- above because she like is, she has the capacity for silliness.
0: We're saying the same thing. Yeah. I said below, but I, <laughs> all right, you get it.
1: All right. We need like one of those uh, collaborative mm-hmm. online workspaces where we can draw a diagram while we talk about this.
0: Maybe let's meet in the middle now. Like let's go with the most Shimoda and then like meet those captains in the middle. So yeah, like Freeman has gotta be the most, right? F- Freeman is up She's there. She's a comedy captain on a comedy show.
1: Yeah. I feel like Pike and Kirk are kind of in competition with, with each other for second most, though. But which Kirk? Not me, you idiot. Him! Ooh. <laughs> Let's take like Kirk as an average. Kirk's
0: the only one with two names on this list. Yeah. Or, I mean, three. Yeah. Because we're talking about, uh, about movie captains. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Amalgam of Kirk use
1: that yeah, yeah. I, I think we gotta average kirk out into one thing. All right that's fair because i mean pike we have a few different performances also it's true damn i would say anton mounts is now the definitive but we've still got sure bruce greenwood and original flavor yeah but i think that anton mounts is a much more fun pike than we've ever seen before so
0: yeah like loose but in control yeah that's the pike shimoda
1: is he a higher shimoda quotient or less high shimoda quotient than kirk
0: I think he's less high. Yeah. I think Kirk is more Shimoda quotient.
1: Okay, so that's our top three. It's Freeman, Kirk, Pike. Number one, number two, number three. Correct. Is Burnham number four?
0: No, I don't think so. I think she she skews less Shimoda, more
1: serious. So is maybe Janeway's number four, Burnham number five?
0: I kind of want to slide Burnham more toward Picard, to be honest. Wow.
1: <laughs> okay. So I think we've got Cisco right behind Janeway, then Burnham, uh-huh. then uh-huh. Archer, then Picard.
0: That's what I got, yeah.
1: I think that's a really good power ranking. I feel really good about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we yeah, really worked it out.
2: Nice job.
0: Great question, 80s Hard Rockin'. Yeah, indeed. And great name.
2: Yeah. Okay, here's a, a technical one that we've got next from Evil Mike 42 who asks, what would happen if you stuffed a turned off holodeck room full of people shoulder to shoulder (laughs) and then turned it on and had everyone try to scramble away?
1: (laughs) Man, I guess it probably depends on if the safeties are on first and foremost, and then secondarily what the program is. Like, Is it jungle wharf workout program where there's a bunch of plants and rocks and bombed out buildings to engage in blade combat w- with or what
0: what we really need is that uh the camera whips up to the sign that says this holodeck max occupancy is <laughs> this number of people <laughs> what is the holodeck program where we saw the most people I, was that a tng's robin hood story that was like the whole bridge crew on that one
1: yeah, but I think that that was Q. I would prefer if you addressed me as his honor, the High Sheriff of Nottingham. It felt like a holodeck story, but I think Q actually <laughs> took them back to God damn it. Sherwood Forest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but, but a ton of the crew goes and visits the uh, all-inclusive resort right? on Voyager. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, A lot of people go to that.
1: I think that might be it. People party down in the all-inclusive resort. So what would
0: happen if you if you told everyone uh, the cops were coming mm-hmm. at the house party and they all go running? What would happen? I think eventually you hit the wall, right? Someone hits the wall. Yeah. You can't just go running forever.
1: You hit Sideschlon guy all over, yeah. covered yeah. in greasy sun cream.
0: Probably smells great. Mm. That, that suntan oil. Yeah, has
1: that specific smell. It's got that jojoba in it.
0: Smells like the 80s.
1: Gotta get the jojoba oil.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's great. <laughs> I like it when other people wear it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I
0: don't need that. My my skin's too fair.
1: Mm. Yeah, we have the same problem, my friend. Yeah.
0: So I think that's the answer. Someone's hitting a wall, but not everyone. Yeah. Okay. I think there's probably a drag to it. Like, if more people are, are on one side of the of the holodeck, they're taking most of the program with them. <laughs> if there's an elasticity to the program, yeah. maybe the side where there's fewer attendees, those are the wall hitters. Right. Because the computer's got to make a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like the trolley problem, but for photons. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Whoa.
1: That's my answer.
2: All right. We got another audio question from one of your favorite people.
0: Hey, Ben and Adam, it's J-Poop from the Discord. I just want to know what your favorite jelly bean flavors are. And as a (laughs) follow-up, what's your least favorite jelly bean flavor? Assume you have the fancy Jelly Belly jelly beans. Thanks, guys.
1: Wow. The voice of (laughs) J-Poop. J-Poop rules.
0: J-Poop, in my mind, a big, big part of why the Discord works over there.
1: Yeah. J-Poop also the developer of at least a couple of uh, Greatest Gen themed games. There's the Echo Papa 607 game. Yeah. And there was like a platformer too, right?
0: J-Poop also came to a live show and then left without saying hi, like trying to be cool about it. But I was like, J-Poop, next time (laughs) you got to tell us you're going to be there. Yeah, We missed out on our chance to meet J-Poop in person.
1: Yeah. And look at uh, J-Poop's driver's license and see that it says J-Poop on it and laugh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and ask about
1: uh, J-poops. Where's your family from? Yeah. Is that like an Eastern European name or or what? Are you like on parole,
0: (laughs) J-poop? All right, favorite and least favorite, J-beans.
1: I I think I have two favorites, buttered popcorn and watermelon.
0: What the fuck? (laughs) That that was exactly my answer. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We've never talked about this. We
1: haven't. Man. Whoa. Maybe this is like a good like dating app question for people who are looking for podcast partners. Wow. There's like a weirdly high correlation of like on mic compatibility with jelly bean preferences.
0: In my mind, I was like, well... Buttered popcorn, so divisive. There's no chance Ben's on that one, and also watermelon, like that's a that's a Jolly Rancher favorite. Of course, Ben's not going to say that. And two for two, double daily double.
1: Yeah,
2: really solid.
1: Shit. Uh, I used to really profoundly hate the licorice flavored jelly bean, and I've really come around on them lately. Of course you have, and I don't know if that leaves us on the opposite sides of that issue, Adam.
0: Uh, I'm going to say cinnamon Ooh. is my least favorite. I feel like cinnamon mixes the least with any other yeah. flavor of jelly bean, and I often confuse it with a flavor that I'd like. So I've got a handful of reds. I'm throwing them down. There's like two cinnamons in with like a watermelon, a cherry, and a strawberry. That's not fun. <laughs> it's not good at all.
1: It's a hell of a combination. Yeah.
0: They're often ruining my handful of jelly beans. So I'm going to say cinnamon is is my antibean. bean. What about you, That's Wendy? That's a
1: really good point.
2: I don't know. I I haven't had jelly beans in ages, so maybe I have to go discover this.
0: Wow! Do you remember when jelly beans were huge, like when we were kids? They were like beans, like honking (laughs) beans.
1: Yeah, I think Jelly Belly have always been the same size, but they're yeah, like like when you get like an Easter candy haul or something. Yeah,
0: like the Brock's jelly beans of old times. Yeah, (laughs) that's just too much.
1: Yeah, kind of disgusting when you think about it. I was going to say my least favorite is blueberry. Just cuz I like I I don't know. I don't I don't have much use for them.
0: <laughs> also, you could just eat a blueberry. Yeah.
1: They're the same size. They're the same size and one one is bad for you and one is less bad for you, so.
2: So you like a regular blueberry.
1: I'd prefer a regular blueberry. Yeah. Hold up. I'm going to
0: give you what you want here, Ben. Okay. Please tell me why blueberries are bad for me. I didn't
1: say they were bad for you.
0: Yeah, you did. You said they were both bad, blueberries and blueberry jelly beans. Did I mishear that? I said they're they're less bad than jelly beans. I don't know. Okay. That
1: doesn't mean not good.
0: Okay. All right, fine.
1: <laughs> I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know if fruit is overall a good thing or not. I'm I'm sure that you can have too much fruit sugar in your diet. Probably. You know what? Maybe any
0: viewer coming to us for nutrition advice. Mm. You get what you get. (laughs) It's a bad idea.
1: (laughs) Do your own research. I spent a lot of last week sick in bed. And one thing I was so happy I had when I needed something to eat, but didn't really have the energy to cook myself something was factor meals. Got a couple of these in the fridge at all times, and they are delicious, fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals. And they're ready to go just about two minutes. And this is convenience food that is actually tasty and full of real ingredients and not hyper-processed crap. And they got you covered all throughout the day. They got pancakes, smoothies, grab-and-go bites, and uh, you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule deliveries at any time. So head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use code TREK50 to get 50% off. That's code TREK50 at factormeals.com slash TREK50 to get 50% off. Top of the morning to ya. This episode is brought to you by the St. Patrick's Day Shamrock Shavers Manscaped. This year, don't just chase rainbows. Make your own pot of gold and groom your little leprechaun with the leaders in below the kilt care. I didn't make that up. That's actual copy sent to us by the great folks over at Manscaped who make the shaver that I use downstairs on my little leprechaun. And uh, I recommend it. Uh, It works great. Uh, Trimming the hedges in your Irish garden isn't just for below the belt. You can complete your look with Their new Signature Beard Hedger Pro Kit plus Handyman Electric Face Shaver. Everything they make is really good and high quality. And this new trimmer that they have comes with two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blades. They've got one for a classic trim and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code TREK at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and get free shipping with code TREK at manscapes.com. This St. Patrick's Day, make sure your little hairy leprechaun is luckier than ever with Manscaped.
2: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
0: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
2: (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year.
0: And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows
1: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. What? 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 Sounds like nonsense. What is going on?
2: All right. be Island fan asks, in the Star Trek pantheon, which regular cast member had the most elaborate makeup work? I'm wondering whether they off Hemmer because it was too difficult to keep up with his antenna.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Man, uh, we're answering these questions on the day that our episode about season one, episode 10 of Strange New Worlds is out and I think we spoiled the death of Hammer for a couple of people with our tweet about the episode.
2: Oh no. How did
1: that make you feel? I mean, it's their fault for not watching the best new Star Trek series while it was coming out.
2: Empathy was yesterday, today. You're wasting my motherfucking time. Yeah.
1: What I replied to one person was, hey, it's a comedy show, maybe it's just a joke. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Maybe I didn't mean
0: it. Yeah. You should have quad boxed that apology. Like, <laughs> hey, it's a comedy.
2: Honestly, the previously on ruined it for me when I watched that episode. I was like, oh, Hemmer's going to die. I knew it right away. Right. So.
0: Yeah. When they give too much attention to a character in the pre-roll, you know. Yeah. Death is near.
1: Too much attention to a character and specifically what that character considers to be the satisfactory conditions before they die. <laughs> 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 like wow why did you bring that up hammer well yeah i mean the moment
0: everything that's broken is fixed uh that's pretty much my way out yeah so
1: pretty much jump off a mountain no one even asked him at that moment
0: yeah uh <laughs> regular cast member yeah most elaborate makeup work i want to say data as a weird alt to the obvious answer right mm. He's sitting in that chair. He's getting the airbrush thing. He's getting the contact lenses every single day. And I know Worf is probably a, a more obvious answer, but at least he's not wearing shit in his eyes. Yeah. And he's not getting body paint on him every day. There's something... God what brent spiner had to go through every day to be data yeah i got a lot of respect for that that just seems very uncomfortable
1: we're to have uh, mouth prosthetics right. though which i feel like yeah. like eyes and mouth hey, i'm gonna if, put you on the spot man would you rather have body paint or stuff in your mouth as a job i kind of think i'd rather have the body paint than the stuff in my mouth Fuck. personally yeah
0: i don't know my skin is so sensitive yeah. and like prone to breakouts even as a 40-something year old man. Like my skin would be just be permanently a mess if I were body painted <laughs> all the time. I I'd, I'd probably have to choose mouth stuff.
1: Yeah, that was uh, the performer that originally played Arium uh, had to stop doing the part because of that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's a it's a thing. Both TNG
0: characters, interestingly enough.
1: Yeah. I mean I think Saru definitely like Saru's got stuff in his eyes. Does he have stuff in his mouth? He might. You know what? That's he's got stuff on his hands. That's it. He's in those crazy hoof shoes. That's
0: the answer to this question. That's it was it was obvious. It was too obvious for us to say first. Yeah, it's Saru. <laughs> yeah. Doug Jones is being tortured every day on set.
1: I feel like the fact that he's a good actor is an amazing bonus on the fact that he is willing to subject himself to the roles that he he inhabits.
0: He's wearing a Gorn's amount of costuming and still expressing what appear to be real feelings about things.
1: It's pretty wild.
2: Yeah, his whole career has been that. Yeah. So Hemmer didn't get killed off because of his antenna, sounds like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I, I will not be surprised if they write him back onto the show. I will put it that way.
2: Hmm. I'm going to put that in the predictions file.
1: His
0: twin brother, Bemer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a jerk. (laughs) I noticed no one was grieving my brother
1: hours after his death. (laughs) Uh, Should we go on to another question?
2: Yeah, next one is another question from the Discord server. It's from 359truther. Hello, Adam and Ben. When
0: you look back and consider all the Miriam of New Trek, do you think certain shows would be more successful if released all at once to be binge watched and enjoyed for hours, perhaps late into the night? Thank you. I'll take my answer off the air.
1: Wow. Uh, that seems to be kind of only a Netflix thing now, right? Like, is Netflix the only network that's still doing that? Streamer, not network.
0: Is this a at the time of their release? Yeah.
1: Like uh, like Netflix does, like
0: releasing the whole season. Yeah,
1: yeah, where oh. where all thirteen episodes come out all at once.
0: I like the anticipatory feeling of of waiting. Like I don't know. Like, do I wish I could have all the answers and and have climbed off of all of the cliffs mm-hmm. in in new Star Trek right away? Yeah, but. And would it make our jobs easier as professional Star Trek podcasters? Sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess it would. I think
0: there's something nice about the rhythm of watching something week in and week out. And then after the fact, choosing to binge it if that's what you're going for, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that Discovery might lend itself more to that style of release than some of the other shows. When we've had the opportunity to go back and binge watch Discovery, I have felt like it, it... responds well to that kind of watching you know we're uh, we're getting ready for another episode where we're completely re-watching season one of strange new worlds right now and binge watching that doesn't feel like it's gaining anything from that experience because it's so episodic it doesn't really benefit one episode to watch it right after the previous one but i think discovery Maybe could.
0: I think writing for television has got to be more forgiving though, right? When when you're making an episode and referring to something two weeks ago instead of two hours ago. Yeah. It's got to be more forgiving to create in that way.
1: Totally. I sometimes wonder, like, I have enough trouble if I'm writing a feature length script, you know, having story cohesiveness across 90 or 100 pages and yeah you're talking about writing an entire season of television where all these story threads have to interact and tie off and have satisfying arcs like i can't even imagine how you break something that big
0: i forgot where my shorts were this morning (laughs) (laughs) so i get it yeah yeah i get what you're saying fucking a (laughs) if you had to binge a Star Trek right now, what are you reaching for?
1: What are you pulling off of the virtual shelf? I mean, I'm always down to rewatch a whole bunch of TNG. Yeah.
0: It's funny how that answer remains the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just my happy place, you know? I can't help that.
0: Wendy, are you watching much Star Trek anymore for pleasure? Did we ruin it for you?
2: Yeah, I'll still watch TNG every once in a while. And I also, I've had to... Watch all the movies because I didn't really know the movies all that well before I started mm-hmm. working with you guys. Wow,
1: D- did you do that on the clock or?
2: Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
1: like did we have to pay for that? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ!
2: <laughs> God damn it! Oh
1: God! We worked so hard for this money, and you're just spending
0: it watching TV and movies. It's kind of my job. Twelve dollar buckets of popcorn hitting the Amex. <laughs> yeah!
1: Ben. You. You. Ben. You. You. Uh, you're completely welcome to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the fancy popcorn, so.
2: <laughs>
1: Hell I'm, yeah. Like, lightheaded after that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel weird. Like, occasionally I will put on, like, a TNG, like, if I'm, like, on vacation or something or...
0: That's the best, right? Someplace far yeah. away and like, I don't have cable, but like you get a weird channel that like BBC America, I feel like shows TNG yeah. all the time.
1: That's the best. Totally. It rules. right, uh, let's do our next question.
2: This one's from Pit Baster. Which Star Trek series would you give the Muppet treatment to and which actor would you keep? <laughs> Bonus points for casting other characters as Muppets.
1: Okay. So this is, we're replacing everybody on a series with Muppets except for one human actor.
2: That's my takeaway, yeah.
0: I think Lower Decks is disqualified from this question.
2: I mean,
1: like original series seems like it would be very funny to watch Shatner Shatner around, but have Muppets playing all the other characters and he has to be serious around them.
0: I mean, I was going to choose the same, but it's DeForest Kelly is the only <laughs> human actor. My God, man.
1: Okay. Who, so I'm going to make uh, Kirk Fozzie Bear in that instance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have, uh, I think Spock is Kermit. I think Kermit would yeah. be kind of a funny Spock.
0: The green blood and the, the green felt, yeah. I think, is a nice combination there. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
1: Gonzo as Chekhov. Sadly, Gonzo is Chekhov. Yeah. I'm going to do a little bit of a uh, gender swap here. Miss Piggy as Sulu.
0: Oh, I was going to say Scotty is Miss Piggy.
1: Oh, okay. I like that. Both have fun freakouts, and that's yeah. kind of like the, the yeah. main thing I love about Miss Piggy. Yeah. Okay, then who's Sulu in that context? God. Dr. Teeth?
0: You could say Chekhov and Zulu are Statler and Waldorf in a fun way because they're always sitting together.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gonna warp it, Factor 6? <laughs> that guy's got a warped mind if you ask me. Oh!
2: <laughs> okay, now you guys, there's a lot of curiosity about this one. So audio question from the Discord once again.
1: Hey there, my name is Zane, and I just wanted to express some appreciation for the pod. Ben, Adam, and the Greatest Trek crew, you've been a delight and a great source of laughs over all the years, um, so laugh out loud at every episode. I have to ask, where exactly did Hole come from? I helped maintain a list <laughs> of the drops on the wiki, and it's been driving us nuts. And you often have people on the Discord ask about it. So any anyway, light <laughs> you can shed there would be much appreciated. Wow. Thanks for all you do. Can't wait to see what's next. Live long and prosper. Wow. Zane has a gravelly voice. Wendy, what are the
0: guesses? Have people guessed about where it comes from?
2: Yeah, from what I've seen, people think that it's you doing your Kevin Uxbridge impression.
0: No, that's definitely not it. <laughs>
2: I think some people, you know, correctly identified Arnold Schwarzenegger. That part is mm-hmm. correct. But then I've never seen anyone guess with more specificity than that. <laughs>
1: There's no chicotea for transcripts of all of the things that Arnold Schwarzenegger has appeared in and you can't just search for for the terms.
2: Is this is is this a trade secret? We're not gonna get the A on this one.
0: Um I'm trying to decide whether or not I wanna let this out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh it's fuck you asshole from Commando. Fuck you asshole. <laughs> I fuck you, asshole! All. The way Arnold Schwarzenegger says so many things, like this is a thing that we discovered and leaned into on our hit war movie podcast. Was like, whenever you did a Schwarzenegger film, the impressions were a very fun aspect to those episodes, and the way he would say when calling someone an "s <laughs> for example, is uh, is just amazing, and like. My favorite Schwarzenegger impressions are not the broad ones where, you know, they're like like the most popular lines from his movies. Yeah. It's like when he's trying to say normal things and he puts his own spin on it, like that's just the best.
1: Yeah. I've never found a way to use this clip. Or Maybe I it may actually have gotten into the show at some point, but one of my favorite Schwarzenegger lines is in that movie where it's all about uh, cloning and somebody clones him i think yeah yeah at the end when he's about to kill the bad guy he says like hey why don't you clone yourself while you're still alive so you can go fuck yourself (laughs) (laughs) and i just think about the way he says clone yeah (laughs) that's the best all the time it's it's very similar to her yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it thanks zane hey hey zane next time don't butter us up so much in the question. Give me a break. This is a serious show. All
2: right. One more question. I can't believe we
0: gave away like our biggest trade secret. <laughs> what do we have now if we don't have her? Yeah, I don't know. We're
2: going to have a whole conversation about whether that gets edited out, right? Okay. Good call. Days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We should just blurp it. <laughs> you know what? That That is actually... Maybe that's an, an addendum to that question is why we pronounce things the way that we do. <laughs> is there even an answer to that question? I don't think so. It's like what makes each other laugh? Yeah. It also like mostly begins with me saying something wrong. Like I'm often mispronouncing things and then I'm just doubling down
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and
0: making Miriam the thing that I say.
1: We've, we've, uh, we've committed to Six Bay. We've committed to Miriam. Yeah. We've committed to, I think Elephant of Surprise has a lot of support. Uh, f- yeah. from the viewers as a thing we could say wrong going forward. Um.
2: <laughs> My favorite is Birdie, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you have any idea where that came from?
2: I thought it was from, I go to great big Birdie. You know what? That- but maybe not.
0: I think Birdie predated the Rutherford line, but the Rutherford moment, like, galvanized it as yeah. a thing.
1: Yeah. Now, when we talk about birdies, there's only one way to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way. This is the way we talk about birdies. <laughs> I got a great big birdie. I love the transcription, too. Like when the transcription comes through and it says birdie, like a bird. Makes me happy every time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay, last question, you guys. This one I don't know how to say this person's name here, but I think it's gonna be Samus KY? Mm. Samusky. If you were gonna jake a shuttle, what type of shuttle would you jake?
1: Wow.
0: Oh, I'm going runabout.
1: Well I cut you off. Does and- that even count as a shuttle though? Like like that's got multiple rooms. You know what?
0: That's true. You can't buy an RV on a on a car dealership lot. Yeah.
1: You need, a, you need an, a special license class to drive one of those, you know? Shit. So we've, we've got the Previa. We've got the bunk bed. We've got the Brat class shuttle. Just tell them it saves your money, buster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of variations of the bunk bed, I think. There's, there's bigger and smaller versions of those really angular ones. And then we've got, like, original series Galileo shuttle... Sure. We've got the, the kind of sporty looking ones in Disco. We've got the sporty redo of the original series ones in Strange New Worlds. We've got a lot of options here.
0: Yeah. We've got uh, the taxi that drops Picard off
1: mm-hmm. at the Vasquez Rocks. Sure, Sure. Taxi shuttle. Taxi shuttle. I mean, we've got movie shuttle, right? Like sure. whenever Kirk and the gang are getting some beauty shots of the entrepreneur from space dock.
0: You know what? That's such a great answer. It's movie shuttle. You've got the chills the whole time.
1: Yeah. You've got goosebumps in it. They
0: keep that thing cold for a reason.
1: <laughs> You've got goosebumps all over your birdie. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're not in danger. You're not getting snatched by Romulans on your way to a conference or something.
0: Yeah. you're s- You're nice and safe and cold. And they're looking at your brand
1: new ship. Yeah. Look at that thing. Out those nice clean windows.
0: That sound nice. Do you think the shuttles that operate inside a starbase are like super stripped down? Like you're not taking those outside the base, so they don't come with a lot of the fixtures that you'd uh that you'd get in like a Previa style shuttle or whatever. Right.
1: Like not warp capable, not armed. You don't need
0: the horsepower. You don't need yeah. shielding. No.
1: Everything's pretty safe. No,
0: it's like uh, if you ever go to like a depot where, uh, where semi-trucks are, are picking up freight or whatever, there's like- All the time. The tug trucks. Mm. The tugs out there, you could barely call them semi-trucks. They're just like yeah. little trucks. Yeah. That's, that's what they have inside the Starbase.
1: Right. Yeah. I like it. I think that's the answer. If we're going to steal a shuttle, we want st- to- because here's the thing. They're taking out all that stuff about defense and warp capability and whatnot- they're putting it in to the interior fixtures. It's very comfortable in there.
0: Oh, man. You know you're getting like a nice espresso machine in there. It's a plush interior. Yeah. It's some tucked velvet. hmm Perhaps. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the good stuff. That's
0: what you want. Good answer. So Starbase shuttle.
1: Starbase shuttle.
0: Goosebump shuttle mm-hmm. is, is what we're
1: going <laughs> a for. Goosebump class shuttle. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that's a brand new class we just christened <laughs> here on the show
1: oh man fun well thank you so much uh, Wendy for gathering all these questions and thanks to the Friends of DeSoto for leaving five star reviews to ask them and uh, thanks to the Discord for putting together a bunch of uh, questions that got recorded like that that's awesome
0: yeah We should do this from time to time. This is fun. Nice to hear people's voices. Yeah.
2: I think it's been like 29 straight weeks of new Star Trek, though. So yeah, this is the first little break we've had to to do something like this. So I'm really glad people sent fun questions in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wendy, do you want to sit in with us while we do these priority one messages?
2: Yeah, I'm going to mute myself and then look at you (laughs) judgingly.
0: Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured
1: channel. Adam, our first priority one message is from Robbie, Ski, and Patrick, and it's to Varlin, a.k.a. Varvin, a.k.a. Colin. It goes like this. Varlin, you are a man of special conscience. I hope you have a happy birthday and can't wait to celebrate at the next Cousins Weekend at the Last Resort. Which I have recreated to look like the lake house Rashan and I shared on Delta Rana four. We won't just kill one beer or one hundred or one thousand. We'll kill them all. All beers everywhere. Wow. Ben asked Kevin a
0: very specific request there. <laughs> yeah, can't help it feel a little hurt, but I understand. Ben does great impression work on this show.
1: I think your Kevin is 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 my favorite of the two, though, Adam. I
0: love the phonetic message though. That yeah. that's really nice. That
1: was uh, that was spelled out. I did barely any of the lifting on that. All the sibilances were were pronounced. Yeah great we missed the date requested on this by two months so sorry about that varlin and robbie ski and patrick but uh i hope you if it already happened i hope you're not dead for drinking all those beers
0: oh i'm sure they're fine yeah ben our second priority one message is from gabe of starbase 69 wendy you can say it nice (laughs) <laughs> and this message is to the gatest generation. That message goes like this Everybody knows that Ben and Adam will not be covering Stargate SG1. <laughs> but what my theory presupposes is that they could be bribed to play the SG1 drop from the episode of TGD. And that is number 161, a Boronite bouquet. This is a great request because it gives us exactly where to find it.
1: Yeah, yeah. We just have to listen to that one episode all the way through and <laughs> find whatever drop that uh, Gabe is talking about. Do you remember it? I don't. I don't remember it. I, yeah, yeah. Again, it just it flows out of the ear holes the second it happens. <laughs>
2: Do you remember it, Wendy? I do remember it. That was Rob Adler because I dodged that Stargate bullet with uh, giving him, (laughs) giving him the edit, (laughs) and he did a great job. So, yeah, we'll pull that one out of the ether. Colonel. Yeah, Colonel. Yeah, we are being hailed. Open the iris. We we
0: are being hailed. Code three alert. It's SG one. Yeah. S S S S G one. You are incorrect.
2: SG one. Colonel Jack O'Neill. SG one. Silence. 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 Silence.
1: Uh, very fun, very fun well, if you'd like to get a priority one message on the show head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron set it up today we'd really appreciate it okay, well, I don't think we have to, any Edward Larkins on a show like this Q&A so uh, we'll let Wendy take it from here Wendy, drop some credits on these people why don't you? Thanks for joining us, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun to do this together. It was
2: really, really fun. Thanks, guys. Bye. The Greatest Discovery is an Uxbridge Shimoda podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. It's hosted by Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica. It's produced and edited by me, Wendy Pretty. Next week on the show, we've got the Larkin Awards for season one of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So come back and join us for that. As always, we want to say thanks to Adam Ragusa for all of the original music that he made for this show. If you don't already know about what he does, he's got a podcast and a YouTube cooking channel and he talks about a lot of interesting things. So go get subscribed. And thanks to Bill Tilly. He manages all of the social media for Expert Shimoda. Use the hashtag greatest discovery to talk about the show online and make sure you're following at greatest on Instagram and Twitter. There's a new members-only bonus feed where you can get Uxbridge Shimoda bonus content all by itself if you're a member. That's at MaximumFun.org slash DeSoto. If you're interested in supporting The Greatest Discovery, you can become a member at MaximumFun.org slash join. $5 a month or more gets you access to all of the network's bonus content, and it makes you a big part of how this show gets made. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more of The Greatest Discovery.
0: You know what's crazy is watching these credits happen right in front of us.
1: She's doing it.
0: Wow. It's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) She's running.
2: Maximumfun.org.
0: Comedy and culture.
2: Artist owned, audience supported.